So, Jeff, uh, you read any good books lately? Uh, you know, I, I'm always reading books. Nothing, nothing jumping out at me, though. Any good movies, TV shows? What are you watching on Netflix right now? Uh, I've been uh, watching The Mandalorian, of course, like most people, especially with, you know, Star Wars stuff in the background. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people with Succession and some other uh, HBO shows. I, I, I like the Perry Mason of it all because apparently I'm like 70. Yeah, I think. Oh, people probably want us to talk about the Guardians game. So I, I guess we'll do that, unfortunately. Why? I don't know. How's, how's your garden looking? Did it freeze over like the Guardians bats? With the mine's, got, mine's got at least some sign of life. Can't say the same thing about the Guardians offense. All right, fine. We'll talk about the game. Jeez. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Lockdown Guardian. Sorry, I was trying to check out something for my so rare team there. Uh, it is a frustrating day to be a Guardians fan. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcast. Over there is Justin. I am Jeff. Uh, you know, you might appreciate this as we are airing our grievances slash frustrations. It's not even festivist, but we were feeling it. Um, as I'm watching the game on my tablet, I have it, you know, just set up so I can watch, had earpiece in, sitting there reading bravely because my daughter loves brave. It's a, like a sequel book uh, as I'm sitting there trying to listen to the game. And I can see the Rocky statistics, but they won't show me Cleveland's. Cleveland's never loaded the whole game. And I'm like, maybe they just think Cleveland hasn't done anything because that's they what it certainly feels you. like. Certainly, I mean, feelings. this was from T to B, top to bottom, one of the most frustrating games this year. I just, you know, there's so many points we could attack it at. To me, I think my biggest boiling point was like, uh, congratulations to West Virginia's, you know, Brenton Doyle. I know he had family there in attendance and he nearly had his first hit. He has a six to one strikeout to walk ratio in the minors and Quantrell walks him. Like, that guy walked, I think, like 20 times last year. He does not walk. And Quantrell, it's like, he, hot take, Quantrell and Plesak are kind of the same guy right now. I still need Netflix recommendations. So if you are watching anything good on Netflix, please let me know. I don't have anything. I, I finished The Mandalorian and I finished The going, Night Agent on Netflix. I've been, I finished, I've been uh, going through uh, South Park because I need some laughs. So I've just, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I know there's a few episodes I've missed in there. So I'm kind of working my way backwards through as well. That's kind of my, my background. I'm just trying to. Just trying to do whatever I can to delay talking about this game. It was cold. It stung. You were there. At least I for me, it was so like I got to enjoy it. You know, uh, like I said, I was listening to Jack Corgan. Um, he was talking about like taking them out to like restaurants in town. And people, it, like, you know, could tell he felt like Good a king being back in town. He was he was enjoying himself. And it was, like I said, that is the guy of my youth. So for me, it was, it yeah. was you know, nice to hear him again, um, even in this did situation. He, did he do but, a touch him all time for jerks and profile? You know, I didn't get to hear that. That was the unfortunate no, thing. I was getting, run. I was getting dinner together. Um, for the well, my wife puts dinner together. I was just getting things out for dinner. I don't want to get accused of taking credit for what I do. I just get things out. She does the hard work. But Sorry, then been I a was bad like, update. You don't want to make your wife yeah, mad. I, no, I, so it's just like you know, I was getting to. I'm like, oh crud! So I, I ran over and turned it on, and I literally had missed that. Um, 
I had just turned it on. And then I was fiddling with like the settings and playing with it to make sure I got the Colorado broadcast because the MLB app this year is just poor. It's very poor. Yeah. The game day app was so much better a year ago and they're making it extra hard to switch broadcasts. I'm like, no, sometimes I want to hear what the other side says. Like, why is this? Do I have to jump through hoops? I had to go through like a whole yeah. different interface thing. It's MLB it's app, poor. Guardians offense, poor pitching, poor um, everything, poor. I, I'm a teacher. Straight F's today. Everything failing everyone right now. Straight to jail. Straight uh, to reference. jail. Yeah. No, jail. I don't. Uh, kind of, kind of below if you get that reference straight to jail. Yeah. Uh, this, this is so frustrating. Like, I know well i'll get into the i think we'll get into the it's early thing again but you know this is a weak part of the schedule and i know they've had some rotation issues because the injuries and stuff but washington's a bad team detroit's a bad team the marlins are mediocre at best they're mediocre at best i know some of my tweets or someone maybe who uh yeah someone tweeted me and said oh the marlins aren't bad i'm like okay fine they're not bad but you faced drew smelster instead of sandy alcantara you beat up Jesus Lazardo somehow. You couldn't win two or three. Like I know, I know they didn't play fantastic baseball against Washington, but they took two or three. So at the end of the day, you say, okay, they survived. It's survive in advance, and they're eleven and twelve right now. You can't, although Tampa Bay is trying, you can't win a division in April. You can lose it, and the Guardians are not losing the division in April. I will give them that. But some of that's also how bad. The AL Central is, and the Rockies are a bad team. The Rockies are already eliminated from playoff contention. They are terrible. We've talked about it. They make stupid decisions. I don't know why. I, I guess Mike Moustakas got three hits just to spite us, right? I've always yeah. disliked Mike Moustakas as a player. Um, not as a person, I, but as I was a not sold on and, him as a prospect. So I feel like, you know, you know, we take I take credit when I get things right. I was I was not the biggest Moose believer um, at various times. So I just feel like it always comes back. Same. But yeah, I, I wasn't a believer in went Merrifield either. So it's, it's anybody than the Royals, I was not a I believer just, in. But you have to take care of the bad teams. I mean, that's just it. Like yeah. you said, like that you, I, I argue to a degree you can't. Like if we look back and they finish a few games shy of the playoffs, you're going to look back and say, no, they lost it here because the Tigers are are going to pick in the top five, the Rockies are going to pick in the top five, the and Nationals are going to pick in the top five. And two of those three teams, oh, we'll see with the Rockies. It's like in the Marlins, we'll probably pick in the top 10 again, back half, but they'll probably be there. And you lost two of those three series so far, and you're already off on the wrong foot in this one. Like Two guy with a 12 ERA. Austin Gomber is awful. He is not a good pitcher. Jo- Josh Bell struck out on an 89 mile an hour pitch that was elevated. And eight, like that, yeah. should, that, that's when you hit out of the yard. And nope. No, instead it was, I mean, they were just, it's the ridiculousness of like, we can hit velocity, but man, if, if I go out there and throw with my left hand, I'm not a lefty, but if I throw with my left hand, I might be able to strike out the side because this team can't hit any pitch that's low velocity from the left side. And I I don't quite understand this. This is a fastball hunting team. I think that is, that is the thing. And, and I want to, I want to touch on a point about Jose later in the podcast too. So stay tuned for that. Uh, watching his at bats tonight, you can look at the pitch data too to him. But yeah, it's it's velocity that they are a fastball hunting team. Stephen Kwan, good fastball hitter. Andres Menes, good fastball hitter. Jose Ramirez, and you could say a lot of guys are good fastball hitters, but this is a team that struggles with breaking pitches. Jimenez struggled last year with them. Troubles with curves. Trouble with the curve. Yeah, that's a bad movie, and it's a bad pitch for the Guardians. Apparently, <laughs> um, it's just it's not good. I mean, again, you like I said, you can't lose it. You can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. Uh, except for Tampa Bay, they already won the division. But 
you know, the schedule gets harder after this. I know the Yankees are a little bit beat up. Boston's not a great team, but they're not playing terribly. And you get the Twins. And then after that, you get, you get the Tigers again. Can you rebound against the Tigers in May? You got the Angels, who are not an awful team right now. The White Sox are a disastrous team right now. But then you get the Mets and the White Sox again. The Cardinals somehow are disastrous. And then the Orioles, who are not a disaster. So May is a little tougher than April. And you hope that at some point in May, you're a little bit healthier. But it's like, I don't know. People want to say it's early. It's cold. Well, you know what? It's early and it's cold for Colorado. It was early and cold for Miami. It was early and cold for the Tigers. They found a way to win those games. This is what's frustrating to me. Is And I know I know they didn't play great last April and they, they had some struggles winning series too. And this wasn't the case until later in the year. I, but you remember how the end of the year was? Like from, I don't know, July on, it felt like, no matter what the score of the game was, you felt like this team had a chance to come back. The Twins series, the White Sox series, the you know Tigers, even though the Tigers played them tough last year. I, I remember watching the games last year, midsummer, and I think it was after the Naylor Grand Slam and three-run homer next innings. From that point on, it felt like this team was never out of a game. No matter what the score was or what inning it was, it felt like, okay, this team has a chance to come back. Or the energies in the dugout, they believe in themselves. And I'm not saying they don't believe in themselves right now, because we don't know. I'm not in the dugout. I don't know. But I don't I don't get the same sense watching that, you know, I was I was joking with somebody and I said it's six nothing, but it might as well be thirty one nothing. That's what it felt. That's I what mean, it, I had the same thought. I was like, this one's over. Like say, I can't no way they, they're not scoring six runs. Like I, I had no belief. I just kept watching, but I, I had no faith. Yeah, you just like last year you felt like this team could come back in games and so far, and yes, it's early, and I know they didn't pick up that vibe until midsummer last year so it could happen again but right now you know it's the same group of guys who did may have all those comebacks a year ago so they should know that they can come back in any game and maybe the energy is there in the dugout i don't know uh it felt like i think andre said on the broadcast yesterday like the energy wasn't there until yesterday until sunday when they were hitting well finally but yeah it just doesn't feel like they're back in the game and uh, Jeff, no three stars tonight. You're not allowed to do three stars tonight. Nobody deserves there was, a star. Um, no, no, and, no and, stars. Um, no stars. Nope. I, I mean, legitimately, there's like no one in this game. I mean, Curry. I get Curry. Quan and Curry would have been. Quan saved him for being no hit. Quan had a, Quan had three hits and Miles Straw had a hit. Without yeah. Quan, they get no so, hits. Can, so, can uh, we just talk about last year? Remember how like I ripped on Cal Farmer and then he like destroyed the Guardians? It seems that I'm just going to sit here and become the biggest Quan hater. Because I, you know, after all of his, you know, struggles, I say something and immediately is better. So for the sake of this team, like last night, uh oh, I see the little thing saying my internet's going. Um, last night I made a comment about Quan and he played well. So Quan's terrible. I'm just gonna say that now. Let's, let's keep this reverse jinx running. Let's keep it running and let's get to the next segment here in just a second. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I don't know why I did it like it's the intro, but hello, our sponsor. This episode today is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is exactly what that name says. Better H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Uh, we all need help sometimes. I talked about, you know, I've always been very honest about my attention deficit disorder. You'll see me looking around the show throughout. Uh, now that we do video, uh, I've talked about, you know, in the past, someone who has struggled with uh, depression and things of the like, and just general anxiety. Anxiety is not my friend. And when you're someone like me, you need someone occasionally to talk to someone that can help. 
And that's what BetterHelp is, does, and provides. So if you, you know, I have benefited from therapy. It is something that can help you discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownMLB to get 10% off your first month. And I just want to quickly also point out that BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist that can take you on a journey of self-discovery. And that if that person isn't perfect, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Remember to visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockdownMLB. Very quickly, I want to put something out about. I tweeted this last night. That somebody somebody tweeted that uh, the Cavs obviously played like crap on Sunday and they lost again. And someone tweeted, "The honeymoon, if you look at Twitter, and I know Twitter is, is a mess, and social media is not a good representation of real life, but it might be for sports sometimes." Uh, but the tweet said, "The honeymoon is clearly over if you read Twitter for the Cavs." And I think that's true. I think everybody expected the Cavs to win a playoff series this year, and who knows what else. I'm not really sure. But I don't think they expected this to happen to them, even though I know the Knicks played them well. This is not locked on Cavs. You should go listen to that after this. Um, But it's a lesson for the Guardians, is that everything last year with the Cavs was new and exciting. There were no expectations. It was before the Mitchell trade, and um, guys were playing well. They were experimenting with weird, tall lineups, and Everything was new and exciting. Same for the Guardians. You had rookie debuts every other day. You had comeback wins. This team, nobody had had not, I don't know, 1% of people had them winning anything last year. Everything was fun and exciting and new. The expectations weren't there until the playoffs. And just like the Cavs, they are now. And I want to say we talked about this. If you're an everyday or maybe you listen to this back in uh, spring training before we were talking about the season preview show. Expectations are the thief of joy. Last year, everything you were able to enjoy everything about this team last year when things started clicking in the right direction because nobody knew. Nobody knew how Josh Naylor was going to bounce back from his leg injury for the first time. Nobody knew Stephen Kwan was going to finish third rookie of the year, although I did I did guess that was going to happen back in April, I will say. I did predict I, that. He was my dark horse. I said that on the show. Yeah, well. so you know, some, people, some people did think that. Um, I, I like Will Brennan a lot. Didn't think he was going to be up last year. Um, didn't nobody, nobody predicted 17 rookie debuts, you know, Oscar Gonzalez, definitely didn't predict that Andres Jimenez is making the all-star team. That wasn't predicted. Um, Trevor, I did say say Andres was on a Jose Ramirez similar path. So just, okay. And you did like Trevor Steffen, but I mean, collectively, nobody expected what to happen last year with the way it unfolded. And now that it has, and now that there's expectations for this team to do what they did last year and go better and, and go further, and they added Josh Bell, who should improve, be an, an automatic improvement over Owen Miller, who I guess Owen Miller had a great April last year. So 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 far, Owen Miller, Josh Bell, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm putting my other hand one over one hand for Owen Miller over Josh Bell in terms of April stats. But, you know, Mike Zanino has been a bright spot this year offensively, which is the first time in what feels like forever for a catcher offense. But the whole point is expectations are the thief of joy. And it's, it makes it, I mean, I know they're not playing well, but it's like when they got off to the little, the same kind of start last April, you know, it was, it was annoying, but it wasn't as annoying as this because you're like, okay, well, they're going to move on from Robbie Bradley. They already did. They moved on from Austin Mercado. They moved on from Yu Chang. They moved on from, Bradley Zimmer, like at least they did that. They were going young, and that was 
the right direction and there was hope. And now that there's expectations, you know, it's, it, it ruins things. That's what the expectations ruin things. Um, I always argue with my fiance about is 20, I think 22 jump streets better than 21 jump street. And she says 21 jump streets better because there were no expectations for that movie. Nobody knew if it was going to be any good. Um, I enjoy 22 jump street a lot more, but my whole point is when there's no expectations and something turns out to be great, you enjoy it more when there's expectations. It's like going to a five-star restaurant and not getting your order right or getting bad food. You know, you're, you expected better. So I just think that's a lesson to everybody just to how the season's unfolding to, I don't know. I don't want to say manage expectations because how are you going to manage them? They, they, they are expected to win the division. You know, how do you manage that now? Yeah. It's like, you know, um, Alonzo, who's an everyday for us said like he took, uh, some exception with us saying the Marlins, you know, they're average. It's fine. But guess what? If your expectation is make the postseason, then you got to beat the average team. You have to beat the team that's mid when you are going to be a postseason team like that, just that, especially when they're throwing Devin Smeltzer. Um, yeah. That's I, the I problem with that's the problem with guys like Ahmed Rosario and Plesac and Savali is they are mid, they are average. Yeah, and it's okay to aspire to better because guess what? The Guardians might have better in their system. They might have guys that can play this year that are better. It's okay to aspire to better, but uh, you know, here we are. Yeah, it's you know I agree. The, it's just that situation right now where it is so frustrating because this was supposed to be the good part. Instead, it's early, and I know everyone gets, you know, even I say it's too early for anything to change. Uh, but, like, let's face it, outside of Oakland, who might be the worst team in the last 50 years of baseball intentionally made, you know, essentially, uh, John Fisher is pulling a major league. He is Rachel Phelps over there with what he is doing, but he is actually successfully pulling it off. They've not, I mean, uh, that first weekend against Seattle and then beating up a Nationals team who might be the second worst team in baseball, they're, they, everyone else has kind of had their number. And that's a concern, uh, especially again, when they've had an easy schedule. This is one of the easier schedules of baseball in the early going, I bet I'd have to go look at it. But they have faced three teams that project to have top five picks. Basically, you get the Royals in there and they'd be all set. But yeah, they've they've faced a cupcake schedule and... It doesn't show in their record. Yeah, it's it's okay to be it's okay to say it's early, but it's also okay to be frustrated because again, there are expectations for this team. And hey, if you're a fan, the whole point is to be invested emotionally. If you're a fan of any team in, in sports, and if you are giving your time and energy and your money to watch a team, it's okay to expect them to be good. I mean, I know you shouldn't expect Oakland to be good this year. You shouldn't expect Detroit or. Uh, Washington to be good this year, but it's okay to expect them to prog- progress in the right direction if you're not seeing positive signs. If you are investing time, energy, and money into this into sports, it doesn't matter if it's one game or ten games. It's okay to feel frustrated, you know. If you're a fan, it's that's part of being a fan. It's just you know, it's early for everybody. That doesn't mean it's an excuse. And I'm sorry, it's it's, it's not. Um, real quickly, another good outing for for Xavier Curry. Any thoughts on him? moving to the rotation. He was supposed to pitch Wednesday if they didn't need him on Monday or Tuesday. And unfortunately they needed him on Monday, but he pitched good again. Uh, we'll get into who is going to pitch Wednesday or who we think is going to pitch Wednesday. Any, any notion on your end, Jeff, to maybe move Xavier Curry into the rotation the way he has pitched so far. I mean, 
you know, I've gone back and forth with this. And at the end of the day, I kind of feel like no. Um, and the reason I'll say that is I feel like weirdly the rotation set, they're not going to move on from Quantrell and police act. They're paying those guys a lot of money um, relative to all things for them. They also are very slow to move on from pitchers. You have Savale who hopefully will be back in the next month, as well as McKenzie. Um, so when you're looking grand scheme with it, uh, he's effective, he's effective where he is. Um, you know, unless we really end up needing another starter for some reason, unless Batonfield just completely comes back to earth, let him stay where he's effective and works. The same thing we've kind of seen with Gaddis, right? Like, don't, it's fine to give Curry maybe a few more opportunities, but there's also that part of me that goes, you know what? We all think he's a reliever. Maybe we just let him stay a reliever. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the same side of like Josh Naylor. Let's stop having him try to hit lefties. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Stop trying to turn relievers into starters and try, stop trying to make Naylor hit lefties. Speaking of that, before we go and uh, to the break here and, and get to the Wednesday pitcher situation or Tuesday's matchup. Um, Will Brennan, MIA again. Again, I'm going to bring up that Tito said over the weekend that facing so many lefties in a row, he said it doesn't make sense to sit so many, sit, sit all the left handed hitters because it's not productive for them to not get at bats for three or four days in a row. And once again, they face another lefty. And once again, Will Brennan was missing an action till late in the game. Uh, he better start the next four games in a row because I think the string of lefties has finally ended for them. He better be starting the next four days because I think that's to go ahead and say that about Josh Naylor and then do the opposite with Will Brennan. Uh, for the fourth straight day or whatever four straight game confuses the heck out of me. And it's annoying. Yeah, no, it, it's inconsistency. It sure is. Well, we will get to who is pitching on Wednesday, among other things here in just a moment. Well, I wouldn't recommend taking any Guardians hitters with our next sponsor. It's so rare. Uh, Revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. They have partnered with some of your favorite stars like Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. Games happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle at the end of game weeks. MLB managers for so rare who rank at the top or near the top of the leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include scarcity cards, game tickets, merch, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences. Prizes will vary depending on the competition. So head to so rare.com slash locked on. That is S O R A R E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, so rare.com slash locked on to start playing Today, Jeff, don't take any guardians. That's my. Advice. I've got, I've got like three. Um, but Ooh, that's not going to work for you. Uh, yeah, especially because like my, I might know I have four. Uh, that's it's not. But hey, you know I've managed to uh, unlock Garrett Cole, uh, Mauricio Tupacano, and I can't remember who else I unlocked. But I've had three unlocks. I've gotten an unlock every week. I just keep playing. I need to unlock a reliever so I can enter multiple contests <laughs> at once. That's my hope. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I haven't bought my. Make sure bit. you're checking out. Make sure you're checking out uh, the Guardians game on Tuesday on SiriusXM. Search for the Guardians on your XM app. Tuesday, Jeff is well. If they play, let's let's be honest. The weather is bad Tuesday. Uh, in theory, Ryan Feltner versus Peyton Battenfield. I have concerns about Ryan Felt Feltner for the for the Guardians. By the way, Jeff, he is 
Uh, he throws his slider 30% of the time, and this year hitters are hitting 150 against it. With one homer, it is a slider-heavy approach. Uh, the fastball has limited guys to 200 average and a 314 Wova. I smell something bad coming from there. Yeah, Maybe it's the one nice thing it. is command is not great with him. He has good velocity, you know, former Ohio State Walsh product, I believe. Mm. Um, uh, threw was up to 97, 98 at Ohio State. Um, throws hard brother also maybe at a, in college right now or recent draft pick. But uh, Ohio kid, he's going to have some extra um, momentum. Moment. He's probably going to have a little bit of extra behind it trying to come out and pitch in front of the hometown team. Um, but yeah, you know, it's nice to get for him to get that opportunity. Uh, he's a guy I've for years said, I'd love to see the guardians acquire just cause that fastball slider combo and get him out of the horror show. That is the Colorado developmental system. Like I feel like low, there's a very good chance. He could be a back end reliever, just like, you know, when they got Trevor Steffen and did something like that, like that's what I'd love to see happen with Feltner. If he continues to struggle. Yeah. The data for him on the fastball slider, both good to this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, although the fastball, spin is just mediocre velocity is good everything everything on the savant page is red except for the walks so hopefully the guardians can be patient uh i have really i doubt this game is going to be in but let's talk about the impact of wednesday because i need more to talk about that so the rain changes everything for wednesday but as of right now uh the guy they were planning on pitching on wednesday is not going to be available so what are your thoughts on what they do Wednesday, Jeff? Let's, let's for some shadow of a doubt, believe they're going to play this game Tuesday. So here's the thing. Uh, just go back to everything I said. They're not going to push out Quantrell or Plesak as much as people want them to. They tend to want lots of starts for guys to get called up. If, if they were to go to Bybee, it would be seven days between starts. And his last start was one of his worst starts in his entire minor league career. Uh, not that that has a huge effect, but it's also noticeable because, you know, he's only had three starts in AAA, four starts in AAA. So I think, I don't think it's happening. And they also don't call up a, a guy of his name with a pitcher. They don't call a guy up and then just send him down. Um, they're typically here to stay. They do that with hitters, with pitchers. They're here to stay. What I think they would do if they needed someone is, is, you know, clear a 40 man spot, maybe cut a catcher. It's a matter of time before that happens or, or move on from Pilkington and, You've got Daniel Norris and you've got Tuki Toussaint, who are guys who pitch two to three innings. If the game goes, you know, if it's a rainout, then this gets a whole, the calculus becomes very simple. If it's not a rainout, I think it's 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 Norris and or Toussaint being the Shane McCarthy slash Tanner Tully of a year ago. You know, they uh, people. Party? Did I say the wrong thing? You said Shane McCarthy. Shane McCarthy. I was like Shane I, McCarthy was out with TJ last year, so I had to yeah, that's right, wrong guy. I, I Shane McCarthy, Kurt, uh, Shane McCarthy, and Kirk McCarty are, are um, different, but also similar in my head. Um, but yeah, Kirk McCarty, and I know people are like, hey, this year they're trying to contend. Well, they were trying to contend a year ago. That you know they they will likely at some point throw a spot starter in a game. I would not be shocked if they do one of like they did a year ago. There, there's going to be times where it happens. As much as people want them to go do the big exciting move, uh, they're not going to call up Bybee until he's staying. Like that's just likely the way of it. And he is going to be great. He was our number one prospect for a reason. Uh, they're going to still play it, and they're going to want him to get more reps and experience. And coming off, like I said, a, a rougher start where he had more walks and strikeouts. Again, I don't think that's ever happened. Doesn't ding his value at all. But I also think that's part of the reason they want him to get more exposure to more patient hitters up at the AAA level. Yeah, if it, if it rains Tuesday and the game doesn't 
go on as expected. You push Battenfield back to Wednesday. You play doubleheader Wednesday. And everybody gets a 27th man. And that can be Hunter Gaddis. I know Gaddis yep. pitched Saturday, but he can come back. He's not. He didn't pitch starters innings on Saturday, so he can come back on on Wednesday and give you a couple innings as a 27th man. Um, the the 10 is it 10 days or 15 days? I think it's 15 days in the minors, but I could be wrong for pitchers. Maybe that's just the. I think it's 15 for pitchers. I think it's 15. Okay, so he if they were trying to call him back up to start the game. As a, as a normal roster player, he, they couldn't do it because he hasn't been the minors long enough. But as a 27th man, that doesn't count for doubleheader, so they could bring him back and he can give you some length. Or they could do the same thing with Pilkington. He did the same thing Saturday. He only threw 50 pitches for Columbus on Saturday, so he could also be a long man in the bullpen game on Wednesday if they decide to play doubleheader Wednesday. I, don't, I would guess Gaddis at this point, the way Pilkington has pitched and the way they have kind of bypassed him at this point uh, – which makes me think whenever they do add Bybee to the 40, that will be an easy spot for them to cut with Pilkington. But uh, I would guess, I, my guess right now is it's going to rain Tuesday and then Wednesday they'll play doubleheader and Gaddis will come up as the 27th man. Hopefully Battenfield does well in game one. And game two is a bullpen day. And there you go. And game Wednesday is against Noah Davis. Um, real quickly from today's, from Monday's game as well. I don't know if you, Caught it closely, Jeff. But so Jose Ramirez is first at bat. Um, he's down two one in the count, or he's up two one in the count. I should say. He got a, took a called strike fastball, and the next two pitches, it was he got a a, cur- a curveball for a dirt and the dirt he spit on, and then he got a fastball that wasn't a strike. So up two one in the count, you expect you've earned a fastball against a guy like Austin Gomber. Instead, he got a changeup, fouled it off, and then two two he got a curveball. And he's kryptonite a year ago, right? Yeah. The pitch that he's really and then The knuckle curve. I don't know. He hit changeups well a year ago, but I mean, things the are curve was, was the wacky one, right? I thought Trouble with the one. curve. Yeah. And yeah. then his next at bat against Gomber in the third inning. Okay. He gets a fastball. It's a called strike. And then it's three straight balls, fastball, curve, changeup, all balls, three to one, three and one in the count. So again, you think you've earned a cookie from the pitcher, right? Nope, he gets a slider, and then he gets a foul ball, a fastball. The slider is a swing strike. He misses, and then it's a fastball 3-2, and then he makes it out on the curveball. Um, let's see, in the sixth inning against Jake Bird, that was just two sinkers. And then his final at-bat against, I think, Pierce Johnson. Yes, um, 2-0 count. A fastball and a curveball, 2-0 count. What does he get for, for the 2-0 pitch? He gets a called strike curveball. What does he get for a 2-1 pitch? Curveball. What does he get for a 2-2 pitch? A fastball that he's behind on. He swings and misses for a strike. He is being pitched backwards. He is not getting fastballs and fastball counts. Uh, guys don't care. Pitchers don't care. If they if they are down 2-0 to Jose Ramirez, if they are down 3-1 to Jose Ramirez, he is not getting a fastball. He is getting into fastball counts, and pitchers have stopped giving him fastballs. Um, I haven't looked at the Savant data in terms of what he's getting by what he's being thrown the most. But the at-bats tonight were pretty clear. Don't throw Jose Ramirez a fastball. I don't care if it's 2-0, 3-0, 3-1. He doesn't get a fastball. And that he was late on that last pitch by Pierce Johnson that was a 2-2 fastball tells you right there he thought he was getting a breaking ball. So uh, just doesn't that's seem quite issue. the same. And I'm trying to remember if it was an article or listening to a game where 
I think it was listening to the game where they're like, you know, he's he's still recovering. That like for whatever, there's still a degree of like getting back in the full swing of things. But yeah, his, I mean, his chase rate is 34th percentile, and this is a guy who you go back to 21, he was 72nd percentile. He is chasing a lot, and he started to chase a lot last year, and he's not barreling and he's chasing, and that's a little bit of a concern because he's supposed to be healthy, and he's still. It's like. I really, there's a part of me, you know, I, I feel like he'll rebound, but I don't know if he's going to quite reach his peaks because it's like he picked up some bad habits and there's some things when he tried to overcompensate that I feel like we're, he's working his way back from. And I don't know. Are, are you at all nervous with Jose? I'm not nervous about the chase rate. No, I am nervous. I think he has got to figure out a way to take a look at what he's being thrown and figure out a way to adjust against pitchers who are not going to give him a fastball in a fastball count like that's and that's that's easier to do i think than the chase the chase thing will come down i think i think he i think these two things compound each other i think the fact that he is not getting fastballs and fastball counts is causing him to chase more and he may not get more fastballs he you know even though he's earning them he he's got to find a way to adjust you know if, if he realizes that it's just not happening and he will. He's a smart hitter. So I think once he adjusts to the fact that he's not getting fastball count fastballs, he will he will stop chasing because he will again. I think these two things are connected. Um, yeah. So I'm not too concerned yet. And I think I'm not trying to. I'm trying to think who said. It. I think Tito said it. I think Zach asked him it, and he said about Jose was that you know his thumb is healthy, but he's got to work back into the strength of it playing every day, you know, cause he was like, and like you said, he probably picked up some bad habits too, from trying to swing through the pain and, and manage the pain. And it might've cre- um, created some bad habits for him. So now he's got to get back to swinging normally and pl- swinging every day too. So that could also be a thing right now. His most similar player for this year is 2016 as Cabrera. That's not great. That's not what you want. Going to Savant. But I mean, like I said, again, I think he's going to be an all-star level talent. I just worry that he's never going to get that. Maybe we're, you know, not going to see that like last year where he was on an MVP and where he was like a top, you know, three MVP candidate for all those years in a row. That is that. So for anyone gets mad at me, that's the concern. I I just have that there. Uh, This could take, I mean, I know maybe we want to talk about this on Wednesday a little bit, but real quick. Uh, maybe we should save your thoughts on this, but Manny Ramirez and Dale Mitchell are going to the Guardians Hall of Fame this summer. I know some people say they didn't play for the Guardians. That's what they're calling them. They're saying Guardians Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame belongs to the Guardians. So just you know, deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a silly thing to get caught in the weeds on. Uh, Manny Ramirez, people need to stop being so precious. Like that whole era feels like we had, you know. It, it's funny how it's selectively applied to people about the steroids. And yes, did he cheat? Yeah. Yes. But did other players who are in the major league hall of fame likely, I mean, there's enough data there to say, yeah, good chance of that. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I, I think that's fine. Dale Mitchell. I'll save some stuff. He's, he's an interesting candidate. It was kind <laughs> of a shocker for me. I definitely did some deep diving. Um, I'll save that though. Stay tuned one. for Wednesday show on that. Yeah. Do, doing a vertical then- there as they call him. Yes, the vertical. Stay tuned to Wednesday's show for uh, Jeff's thoughts on Dale Mitchell in the Hall of Fame and the Manning Ramirez today. I got some thoughts on Manning Ramirez in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff, a former Cleveland draft pick, just missed a perfect game tonight. Who was it? Spencer Strider, former uh, draft him out of high school. Could not sign him, unfortunately. 
Uh, another former uh, Cleveland draft pick was re- was released today. Uh, Clint oh. Frazier going the other way. Oh, him. he did. I think he did sign though. mutually part he... ways. Did he sign oh. something else? He mutually thought... parted ways with the Rangers today. Interesting. Okay, I, I didn't that see wrong. if he'd gone to anyone else, but he's already twenty eight. Yep, you were right. Yeah, he was. He was doing okay in AAA. I mean, he was. He was doing okay, but man, he's. You know, he's already twenty eight. He's gone back and forth on that name change. It's. Uh, it's it's not gone well for for Frazier. Uh, it's yep. an interesting one to bear watching, but. Uh, Stay tuned to Wednesday's show for more on Dale Mitchell's Hall of Fame candidacy, Manny Ramirez's Hall of Fame candidacy, and if the Guardians, a Guardians can... win for the, or or no game. Part of me is almost rooting for rain tomorrow, though I'm not going to say that because I know you you got a chance to sit in a nice seat, so no rain <laughs> yeah. for Justin. Um, but only if I, they're going to win. If they're going to lose, it can rain. If they're going to lose, it's, it can rain. They got to beat this Rockies. This, the Rocky team is just poorly run, poorly put together poorly everything like this is one this is the model for bad franchise uh in baseball right now and outside of the athletics who are just i don't like i said it's literally the movie major league over there it is that they you know put together a team so poor you can move it to the fancier location uh instead of miami it's vegas it is it's ridiculous but uh you know thank you all for watching reading reviewing downloading it helps uh you know i respond to the comments comments were a little salty today some people did not like our bunt takes but uh we're never going to change those bunting the process is always poor even if you win more often than night you're going to lose and to the person who got mad about us celebrating when we get things right that's literally what podcasting about sports is it's like hey we got that right to show that we actually know what we're talking about so yeah we're still going to take our victory laps and i'm still going to sit here and be like cord phelps um that was that's a that's a big miss by me but uh you know another one of the stanford bats go go back in time to our previous conversation last Ford week phelps, Check out. Stanford guy? i'm pretty positive he's a stanford guy oh. we'll uh comment below and i'll look that up after the show we also had someone who talked about missing the long episodes maybe we can do like a special edition every few weeks and throw out like a, a, a bonus extra content where we do a 30 like do on fridays run long but uh, break it up so we can like do the second half as a bonus episode or something. Um, we miss those as well. Um, but thank you for all for doing your part and go, go guardians, go, go beat the flipping terrible Rockies. You, you got to beat it. You have to beat the Rockies. They're, they're dog water as my students would say.